We're in the book of Jude, right? Okay, let's, let's, let's pray. Father, we want your will in our lives. We want the, your will in the lives of our country. We want the, the, your will right now that this word would go forth in a way that we would understand it, accept it, embrace it, and be benefited by it. Glorify yourself, the reading, the teaching of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Kind of end in a... We didn't really end. It just kind of, we just kind of ran out of time. But let's start in verse 5, just kind of get a running start. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them which believed not. Call that apostate. I know better, and I made bad choices. Were they born again and lost their salvation? Okay, some people believe that. I, I see that. Uh, I think it's more of a case that you know, people came out of Egypt but didn't ever enter in and embrace the things of the Lord. And I don't think that everyone who died in the wilderness, because that would be Aaron and Miriam and Moses and her and, you know, others, I don't think they all went to hell. Uh, Moses went to hell. You're going you're gonna to have a problem. But he didn't enter into the promised land. Why? Because he had a problem. He, had some, he threw a hissy fit. He didn't represent well. I think about that very, very often. I visited... Uh, Old Town, three, two, three, four weeks, I don't remember, when I was on vacation. And uh, Brian, is a, he's, a, he's a good and godly man. Well, he's a sinner like us, but he knows that, and that's very, very helpful. And he prays, and he wants to really preach the word in truth. And he, he was in, uh, you know, you are the vine, I am the branches. And he, he taught that in such a way, I, I, I was taken by the fact that I thought he represented well. I thought he... You know, Jesus is going to the cross, and the night before he's saying, guys, I'm heading out, but I, I, want, I want to leave some stuff with you. And, and, and I think, you know, the nature of what was going on, the dynamics of that, I think he, I think, and I told him, I, th- I think the Savior would have been very happy with your presentation of his, of his discourse. So you, you represented well. He was, I think, a little choked up by that. A little, he didn't cry or nothing like that, but I think he was like, you know, because that's what he's want. That's what we all want. We want to represent. We want to, but from the pulpit's one thing, but in your life, when you're talking with somebody, they want, you want them to say, I just interacted with a Christian. That was like way different. And that's, I think, one of the things that we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about those who supposedly know better, but don't do better. And that's apostates. So, so let's keep moving. Okay, the angels which kept not their first estate. Um, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains and darkness under the judgment of the great day. Some of you believe, those are the people, those are the angels who rebelled during the first rebellion, who turned their backs on the Lord and just went with Lucifer and rebelled against God. Do you think they're under everlasting chains right now? That's a long chain because they interact with me, <laughs> several of them, on a daily basis. Um, Satan, I, I say Satan, but I've probably never met Satan. Okay, but, but you know what I mean, because you say the same thing, all right? I think he's got bigger fish to fry than me. But no doubt, one of his henchmen is assigned to my case, and he's trying to split up my marriage, my ministry, my life, my health, my prosperity, my all my relationships. He's He is trying to... So if 
he's chained in everlasting darkness. I would suggest his chain's a little long because he, he, they maybe have access to our lives. Uh, I was going to say they have access to my life. Of course, they, when we talk about our life, there's obviously a they. They have access to our lives. And I don't think they're chained in darkness. I think there's a specific group of angels who are chained in eternal. Why are they chained in eternal? So they won't do the shenanigans that they once did. So that's a, that's a, in the past. And I think that goes back to Genesis chapter 6. Why do you think that, Adam? That's kind of a really weird, it's not really weird. It's only weird in our modern ears because people have believed this. Jewish people have believed this. Rabbis have believed this for centuries. And all of a sudden, we somebody introduced this idea of Okay, the sons of men coming in under the daughters, the sons of God coming in under the daughters of men. Well, the sons of God were the godly line of Seth. And I'm thinking, godly line of Seth? Where did you get that in Scripture? Seth were sinners, Sethites were sinners just like everybody else was. And then they give this, and there were giants in the earth in those days, next verse tells us. If you marry an unbeliever with a believer today, they don't have giants as offspring. I mean, think about what the nursery would look like. Oh, my goodness. Uh, would never get a volunteer. And they don't have six fingers and six toes on each foot. And they don't have, you know, you know, I don't think that's what it's talking about. I think it's talking about the sons of God were fallen angels. And that's why they're chained in everlasting darkness. And he connects the dots. They're just like Sodom and Gomorrah. You're saying, what are you talking about? Well, even the Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner. Okay, these angels kept not their first state and Sodom and Gomorrah, like manner. They're, they're both the same kind of sin as he's talking about here and he's making his case. Uh, they were like, like manner. How are they in like manner? Giving themselves over to fornication, sex sin, angelic beings involved in sex sin, yeah, and going after strange flesh. Now, you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody's going to argue that point. Okay, You might argue Genesis 6, but you're not arguing Sodom and Gomorrah. We have angels come into town, and so they, they go to Lot's house. Oh, we're going to stay in the city here. We're going to stay in town square. And Lot says, that's a really bad idea. Why don't you come into my house? And everyone knows they have, you know, ops, black ops going around, psyops. They got, they got like uh, S2, you know, information, uh, you know, and they, they understand what's going on. And so they, nobody's sneaking into town. Oh, look at those two young, handsome men. Well, uh, so they go to Lot's house. They say, bring those out that we might know them. And they're talking about know in that deep, intimate way, like Adam knew, it's the same, Adam knew his wife, and they produce, that produced offspring. That, that knowledge there, okay? We would say carnal knowledge. Bring those men out so that we might know them. And Lot's, no, don't do that. Here, I got two virgin daughters. What a fine dad he is. Thanks, Dad. You're saying, well, yeah, but Adam, you don't understand. Uh, in those days, you know, when somebody comes in the, under your roof, they, they are granted hospitality, and, they, and you have to provide for them and protect them. And that was a very, very important thing. I agree. Give, give them your virgin daughters. Aren't they under your protection? They always live under your roof. Didn't God give you the ability and the, and the, the wherewithal to protect your daughters? Uh, 
don't talk to me, because people do this all the time. They say, well, you know, the culture of the time. The culture of the time, Bible judges our culture. What the Bible says is true, regardless of what culture is saying. There was never a time when it was okay to give over your daughters to perverts so that the visitors in your house could go unscathed. That's never what God intended, just, just so we know, okay? Stuff makes me crazy, people coming up with these ideas. Anyway, so no, yeah, now this don't do so wickedly. Who made you a judge? And they pressed the door, and even after the angels struck all the people with blindness, they're still groping for the door. This perversion is so... And that is like these angels who kept not their first state. The same, so we have angels with strange flesh, and we have men of Sodom going after strange flesh. It's the same, it's in different directions, but it's the same sin. And God said, oh, you want to know how I feel about that? Um, and going after, and they set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not about sex sin. I'm not about strange flesh. God's a homophobe. You know how repulsive I find stuff like that? Can I just share some with you? Let's go to First um, Corinthians, and I found it so I know where it is. I kind of alluded to it last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8. Nay, you do wrong and you defraud, and that your brethren. You shouldn't do that. Why? Because verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Listen, listen. This is very, very important. Don't you know that the unrighteous, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. You say, I knew it. You have to work your way to heaven. It's not what he's saying. You follow me. Um, don't be deceived. I don't want to deceive you. I want to tell you what the Bible says. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, what's effeminate? What's abusers of themselves with mankind? Now, I got, I got a, a note in my... Perverts and homosexuals. They don't inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying perverts. That's a pejorative term. Yeah. And Paul used it. I'm not name-calling. Okay, I'm just saying this is what the Bible says. Perverts and homosexuals do not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, it starts out with saying, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Now let's just talk about fornicators and idolaters. I mean, fornicators, adulterers, and homosexuals. They're all in the same group as those who don't inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't know anyone who's saying, God's an adulterphobe. God's a fornophobe. Those are words I made up. And by the way, every time you use them, you've got to pay me a nickel. Because I just... I made them up. Nobody told me that, okay? Nobody calls them that. So we may, he uses made-up term to defame God. And that's a really horrible thing that we're doing. And we'll pick that up in Jude. And he goes on to tell us what a horrible thing that is. Sex sin will mess up a person quicker than any other type of sin. But let's lump all those sex sin in together. I, idol worshippers, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, none of these people inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it says. And you say, well, Adam, I don't know if I feel real good right now. I've, I've been a fornicator back in my life. I mean, I got saved when I was this age, and back when I was down here in this age, game on. I was, I was a dog. I was going after anything in a skirt, and I don't, this, now I'm on the outside looking in. Relax, you know God's good. I mean, if you know anything, you know God's good. And such were some of you. But you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah, we all have a history, we all have sin. And I, 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 
By a show of hands, how many of you, uh, it was, don't raise your hand, logical, how many of it was sex? I don't, we don't know, we don't care, we don't want to know, we don't want to care. We all have a sin history, we all on the outside looking in, we all had, we were all ridiculous, we were all going to hell. And what happened? Miraculously, God intervened, and he saved us, and he rescued us. And look at, we're washed, we're sanctified, we're justified. Those are good words. Praise his holy name. Um, so, but I want to go back to, because we're changing. We're not politically correct, we're biblically correct here. If I say homosexuality is wrong, everyone's like ready to pop a gasket. Oh my goodness, he's on, he's on the internet right now, and he's broadcasting. I tell you, it's only a matter of time before we're taken off the internet. Most most Christian ministries will. And if you're the kind of ministry that, oh, we're open and affirming and come on board and whatever your sin is, we're okay with it. They'll be on YouTube and, <laughs> and you know, Facebook and everything. They'll be the last ones remaining, you know. That's, that's like I say, I, I think Facebook is where truth goes to die. So um, don't ever trade hate speech for free speech. Again, Veterans Day. We took an oath to defend the Constitution. The Constitution means free speech, even if it's hateful. I never was called on to sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice, but many were. And they died to preserve our free speech, even free speech they don't necessarily agree with. And people who are trying to, well, that's hateful, that's their enemies of the Constitution of the United States. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers, they defile the flesh, they despise the dominion. Why are they doing this? Listen, listen. Why is the news the way the news is? Why is half the country the way half the country, more than half the country is the way half the country is? Because they despise dominion. Oh, it was such a good place for an amen. Where's Jeremy? Where's Peter back in the day? You know, I was always, me and Peter, we got it. And everyone was kind of like, I know you're reserved. I get it. I get it. I get it. They despise dominion. That's why people are the way they are. Why do you think people believe in evolution? There's no basis for it whatsoever because they despise dominion. It always comes out of that. Why are people rebellious against the things of the Lord? Because they despise dominion. I don't know who he thinks he is creating me. I ain't going to listen to him. I want to sleep with who I want to sleep with and I want to do what I want to do. And nobody tell me what's going on. They despise dominion. That's what apostates do. Do you think Cain knew of, about God? <laughs> This question, God's not telling me how I'm going to worship. I'll worship the way I want to worship. He, he was a religious man, Cain was. He brought an offering. What was it? The fruit of the ground. What is that? See what I did? See the fruit of my own hands? See what I have given you, Lord? And Lord said, stinks of the flesh. Don't want it. Don't. Abel comes. Does Abel despise dominion? He brings of the persons of the flock. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I don't think Abel's a religious man. I think he's a believer in God. I'm going to do this your way. Blood has to be shed. The problem with Cain is that vegetables don't bleed. And he's, he's making a case. Like most people make a case. I'll have God, but I'll have him on my terms. Why? Despise dominion. That's the whole thing. Now, if you look at the world through that prism, I think you'll figure out a lot more things 
And just remember, it's something that we are very fond of saying around here. The whole world lieth in wickedness. Literally, the whole world is asleep in the lap of the wicked one. Despising dominion. But let's keep moving. These, these filthy dreamers, they, defi- they defile the flesh. Yeah, sex in. Uh, speaking specifically of Sodom and Gomorrah. They despise dominion. God ain't pushing us around. He can tell us what to do. And they speak evil of dignities. What dignities are they speaking of? God. Uh, some of this is God's a homophobe. You think that's speaking evil of dignities? <laughs> I kind of think it is. And he uses the most incredible example that, that you, this, this is going to, you, your circuit breakers in your mind are going to snap uh, when, when, I, when I tell you what Jude's example of that is. Yet Michael the archangel, contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. What? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm tracking, I'm following you, I'm listening to you, Jude. Now you, you know, these evil dreamers, they, they, they despise dominion and they speak evil of dignities like, like God and like the things of God and the people of God. And they don't think there's going to be any punishment for speaking against Jesus Christ or his bride. <laughs> you got such a rude awakening coming. I don't say that with glee. I say it with certainty. And he uses for an example, okay, remember when Moses uh, died and uh, Michael and Satan were disputing over his body. You say, where's that written? Not in our Bible. But Jude knows a story that is extra biblical and he tells us that it was so and he tells us that Michael the archangel said he didn't say hey listen you loser get out of my face you're a defeated foe you're going to hell you're a bad guy you're none none of that none of that none of that although some of those things may be true he said the Lord rebuked you the Lord rebuked you that's going to change the way we go out of here we want to debate people about God, people who were created in the image of God, and they have dignity, and they have worth, and they have value. No matter what their political or their expression is as far as sin, as far as what, they, what, they're, what they're promoting, again, we want to represent. We want to represent a loving, kind, gracious God. The people we're debating with on Facebook, they need Jesus Christ. They need a salvation. And God bless Ravi Zachariah. He's receiving his reward, and I hope it's... Let, let God decide that. Yeah, I said, there's no sense, because an Indian proverb, he often quoted to us, there's no sense giving somebody a rose after you cut off their nose. And he was exuded that with his life. He was a gentleman. He was a gentleman's gentleman. He argued. He was on campus. He never said, listen here, you little snot-nosed punk. And he should have a million times as far as I'm concerned. But he wouldn't do that because he understood that once you've alienated somebody, it's, it's really hard to win them over with the gospel. How many people, how many times has somebody been in your face and arguing and you think, this moron needs such a punch in the head? They do. <laughs> but we don't do that. We don't do that. We, 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 supernaturally tap into the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us when we move out in love in a supernatural way. Because it's hard to argue with love. I treated that person really bad and they loved me back. People will get it. People know. And I think that wins the day. I don't think our pervasive arguments do. 
I always want to enter into the argument, can you disagree and give people your facts and have people give you their facts? Of course you can. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, this is the marketplace of ideas. We live in America. Again, it's becoming the place where free speech is not welcome around here if it disagrees with me. But we will still do that. We will still extend those courtesies. We will still remember that people created the image of God. And we won't speak evil of dignities. We won't speak ill of even people who are creating God's image. Here he's given examples. You know, they, they just badmouth everything. Let them. You know, he gives an example like, and you think, wow, we're crazy examples. Satan's a dignity. He's a power. He's an authority. I, I, you know, I see people like all like, Satan, we rebuke you, we bind you, we staple your knees together, we yell at you, we, and all this. Like, I understand a little bit about that, but I don't see it in Scripture. And I have my own, like, I feel like sometimes where Satan's actually, I say again, Satan, where demons really attacking me, and I get authoritative, and I don't get pushed around, and I don't let that happen. But I don't know, you know, that, that whole, you know, we, 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 we ask the demon his name, and we rebuke him. And of course, when we ask the demon his name, of course, the you tell us the truth. You know, give us his phone number, his email address, and because you know how demons are, right? Why is he? And we have to cast them out by his name or something. That's just kind of. And if you got verses, show them to me. By the way, just so you know, when Jesus is asking the man his name, the demon interrupts and says, Legion. But Jesus keeps on asking him, is what it's saying. That one singular man, his name, not the demon. Jesus knows the name of the demon. He knows all, all of them. He knows the names of all the stars that we can't even count, okay? Jesus is like uber aware of stuff that we don't, he's on a whole different, hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm the demon of lust. Oh, man, okay, demon of lust. What are we, okay, let's keep moving. Anyway, Michael, the Lord rebuked thee, and that's the answer. That's the answer. By the way, God will. If, you, if somebody's like, I'm, I don't want to chase that. I'm besides, I'm almost out of time, and I can get very far. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. For what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Well, in there, because Cain and Balaam and Korah, we're going to have to delve into the Old Testament. We're going to at least go four weeks here. I'm going to try to keep it to four weeks, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Goes okay. And then after that, Revelation. Invite some people. Some people come out for Revelation. That's kind of a draw in a lot of circles. Um, let's pray. And we will uh, go out of here in song. You can stand. Father, we uh, thank you for this word. Kind of a little confusing. We don't talk about these things very often. But here it is in your word. And we're, a, we're the church that doesn't skip verses. We honor your word. And truth be told, Lord, we love it. We really enjoy it. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.